Hello to you and yours, and to those not yours, who's basically everybody, period. This is Storytime at the Ape's Nest. We're back. I know it's been it's been a little while, but uh, you know how it goes. Uh, got a long one today, making up for it. Uh, Chris Briota couldn't shut up, so he wrote a long story about some goats that had some things happen to them. It's called The Goats Who Had a Chromosome Happen to Them. It's part of his never-ending cycle of horror stories called The Town Where Freaky Things Kept Happening, and this one, this one's freaky. Don't, 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 don't doubt it. Um, why don't we, uh, let's dig in, shall we? Yes, we shall, because I'm the one who has the computer. Green fingers bursting from the sandy earth. Limp green fingers that fail to tent the sky from the desert floor. Green fingers of a senseless hand, waving in an ocean of air for no reason, feeling nothing. An onion farm. That's what I'm describing. Two men stood in a field of onion plants next to an open livestock trailer. They were glaring into the cloudless blue of a New Mexico sky, a sky so offensively blue it seemed white. There was a sound coming from inside the trailer, a tense sound of waiting and expectation, of powers that were barely under control. Two men and a trailer full of animal power, waiting under that hot blue sky. And then... One of the men whistled, a complicated series of notes, too fast to hear, like a modem made of lips. There was a thundering sound, and the trailer suddenly grew a vast, white, hairy tongue that spilled out onto the sandy soil. Goats. It was goats. A boiling carpet of live goats that surged from the trailer door, hundreds of them, flowing around the onion plants like a white river of hair. The whistler demonstrated his skills again. Doot-doot-doot! Like that, but crazier. Suddenly, there were currents of river in the hair, like boiling white water. As the goats would reach an onion blossom, they'd jump, rapids breaking against rocks. The goats would seemingly float for a moment, just long enough to wipe their legs across the blossoms that crowned the onion plants. Before long, The goat's legs were stained a deep yellow, like old teeth made of cheese, like sunlight, like pollen, the sperm of trees. After an hour, the whistler said, these onions are pollinated. The guy who didn't whistle, the other guy, now whistled in admiration at what he saw. If the whistler's whistle was amazing, if it sounded like a well-crafted performance from the Chopin of Songbirds, the other dude's clumsy hooting sounded like a pelican choking on a referee who was in the middle of calling a penalty. This second guy, the bad whistler, said, All right, Steve, I'm impressed. I gotta tell you, I didn't think you'd have a thing on bees. Good whistler snorted at the mention of bees. But you proved me wrong. Job's yours. You'll find the other fields on the map. You don't mind spending the night out here? Not a problem, the great whistler said. The guy who was bad at whistling, who was a big deal in the onion industry, got in his car and drove off. The whistler watched him go and shook his head. He snorted. (laughs) Bees. The whistler had an actual name. The name is Steve N. 
That's not me completing his name. His first name was Steve, and his middle initial was N, and his parents didn't want to give him the option of saying his name was Steven, so his official name was actually just Steve. And he thought bees sucked. They sting you. They try to sting you in the eyes, but if they can't get those, they'll sting something else. They'll sting you even though it kills them. That's how bad they suck. They don't make milk, and they just keep dying. So he made it his life's work to one, collect an army of goats, and two, train them to pollinate crops. See, some plants can't grow fruit without a pollinator to mingle its sex powders. That's just how nature works. Farmers need pollinators to make their crops grow. With all those crappy bees dying everywhere because of some bee disease, well, every time Steve N. saw a dead bee trapped in a windowsill, all he heard was the rustle of goats against stamens, and all he saw was dollar signs. He knew he couldn't lose. And for a while, he couldn't. And then he lost big. How did that happen? I'll tell you. You just have to wait. The telling of stories exists within time, and if you have a problem with that, well, there's nothing left for us to talk about here. I'd say I'll wait for you to leave, but you're some kind of quantum Superman, so I'll just keep reading while you simultaneously leave and stay. A few hours later, another field. It's getting on towards night. Steve N. had set up camp. He was drinking a store-brand soda from some regional grocery store chain you've never heard of when he heard something. A scream. Human, but with a frenzy that could not belong to a man. He knew that only a goat could produce that level of hysteria without practicing first. Zero to rip shit in half a second. That's goats for you. Running towards the scream, he tripped over something. A rock, half buried amidst the onions. Not that surprising, but this rock was perfectly smooth and, I don't know, weird. It was weird, okay? He picked it up. It had some kind of freaky vibe on it made his hand feel like it had a stomach ache, and then he noticed it wasn't the only one. There was a perfect ring of these freaky vibe rocks hidden right there amidst the onions, and another ring of rocks perfectly centered inside of it, and another, and another, and at the center of these rings, the goat that screamed. It was a three-year-old male, healthy and strong, named Sam and Dave. Don't ask, it was an inside joke. Nothing to do with the singing duo Sam and Dave, by the way, just a coincidence. But something was wrong. Sam and Dave's legs were splayed out like he was pinned to the ground, and he wasn't screaming now, he was hissing. Not like a snake, but like a forest full of cicadas. Weirdest part, he didn't look scared. Sam and Dave looked like he was bragging. He brought Sam and Dave back to his campsite, figuring maybe it was allergies. It wasn't allergies, though. Those rocks, those freaky rocks, they made a chromosome happen to that goat. More on that later. Don't make me lecture you about linear time again. The rest of the day, his goats flowed around the onions, bringing the gift of sexual reproduction to the blossoms. None of the other goats seemed to be affected by the strange spot in the middle of the rocks. They just went about their business. As Steve N sat down to dinner, he looked over at Sam and Dave. He was still unable to use his legs, but he stared at his brothers and sisters out there brushing the onions with their pollen-heavy legs. Sam and Dave opened his mouth. Steve N. thought maybe he was choking, but no. He was singing. Singing to his kind. Singing a song that Steve N. couldn't hear. Damn, he said and went to sleep. That night, Steve N. lay asleep in his tent. The desert was silent. 
free of the sound of goats hissing across the private parts of onions. Until there's a song, sweet, sad, sad and sweet like a violin that had seen pictures of Princess Diana. Outside, goats lay sleeping, even Sam and Dave. And whatever's singing, a shadow against the moon, the low desert moon, Steve N sees, what? It's an ape. Some desert ape says his mind. Then, no, it's a woman. That was also his mind. His mind, confused. His body, too. I'll spell it out for you. He was scared, but also horny. He approaches it, her, six feet tall, long, beautiful honey blonde hair like Farrah Fawcett, curly at the edges like Farrah Fawcett, but hanging down in great amber sheets from all over her body. Her curvy, amazing body. The sexiest woman you ever saw, but like, She's standing nude behind a beaded curtain at Chewbacca's house. And Chewbacca doesn't own a vacuum. The meat on the ridge, she holds something, a perfect white sphere, a giant pearl rested from a desert oyster. Transparency and opaqueness all at once. His mind swims with opposites. Hand held out, he takes it from her, warm and cool. An onion. Eat, she seems to say. And he does. Like Eve cold chomping an apple, but Eve's a dude, and the garden's a desert, and the apple is an onion, one perfect onion. She leads him by the hand into the tent. There they lie together, entwined in legs and arms and hair. He drifts in and out of sleep, not knowing one state from the other, something digging against his groin. Under all that hair, unseen in the desert moonlight, she's wearing jean shorts and a belt with a giant belt buckle. He traces it with his fingers, afraid to shatter time. In rhinestone letters, the belt buckle spells out, Marie. What were you, he says, and slips back into unarguable sleep. Next morning, she was gone, and only the memory of her smell, good but weird, and the reverse imprint of Marie on his hip remained to prove it wasn't a dream. Also, his mouth tasted terrible. His tongue was a wide road of dry. That's eating midnight onions for you. He shook his head and smiled. He'd never forget that giant blonde weirdo, but for right now, he needed to brush his teeth. He opened the tent to go to his toiletry kit, which he left in the truck so that scorpions wouldn't nest in his hair sculpt. He was yawning with his mouth open, eyes closed as he unzipped the tent. Emerging from the tent, his mouth was suddenly filled with dry fluff. He opened his eyes, and the entire world was white, gauzy white. The whistler started to claw his way through the, what was it, gauze? Shredded parachutes? A universe of cotton candy jerky? No, it was webs, spider webs everywhere. Steve N. tore his way through sheets of webbing that clung to him until he emerged into unthreaded air, cool and desert morning clean. Tarantulas, man, he said out loud, but guess what? It wasn't tarantulas. He figured that out right quick when he saw what one of his goats was up to. It was Blogger, a two-year-old female. Little Blogger was jumping around like normal, but with some webs stuck to her hindquarters. No, 
She was making those webs. She was making them. Blogger, he shouted, stop making webs. He tried to whistle, but his mouth was still dry with webs. This was ridiculous. He knew he was making his goats act like insects with his pollinating jazz, but spiders weren't insects. They were arachnids, closer to crabs than bees. Had the world gone mad? Blogger, making a web? That was weird. Weird as heck. Even weirder was another goat, Shrimp Charles, a piebald male who was head down near a weird shiny rock. He got closer. Shrimp Charles looked up at him, weird juices running down his chin. That wasn't a rock. It was a rabbit. Wrapped in webbing, and Shrimp Charles was all sucking on that rabbit's juices like it was a damn coconut Mai Tai at Club Med. Steve N. screamed and fainted. And when he woke up, he was dead. Wrapped in webs and getting sucked on too, just like that rabbit. He was the one who was a hellish Mai Tai now, getting all slurped on by a combination spider-bee goat on a tropical resort vacation. By the way, that ape thing? Her name was Marie. That's why she had a belt buckle with that name on it. That's not some weird coincidence. She used to be in human resources before those crazy rock rings made a chromosome happen to her too. She was watching Steve N get slurped on. She sang a new, sad, and beautiful song now. She sang a song about a new kind of goat on the earth and Steve N's juices. And oh, how they hopped and gambled. Those strange children of mountain and web, of field and hive, their yellowed legs heavy with the dust of future flowers, jumping. Jumping with the joy of nearly taking the air, clambering above Steve N's cocoon, where he was transforming all right, but not into a butterfly, just into a puddle of food. Maria tried to warn him last night, but she couldn't. She couldn't really talk anymore, so she lived on, like a mute Cassandra under a rug of hair, her warnings always getting lost in a cloud of hugs, because she was lonely, man. Underneath that insane carpet of tawny silk, she was lonely. Don't judge. Let's hear it for uh, Chris. Liked that one a lot. Really, really went for it. I hope, hope it made your body feel terrible. Because that's the way we know we're alive. Today's music has normal by Horsewind. You can find it at horsewind.bandcamp.com. I'll tell you what. We've got another one of our live extravaganzas coming up this Saturday, September 16th. It'll be our first show at Aviary in Jamaica Plain. We've got a great lineup. Hope you can be there. Uh, Please tell your friends about this show. Uh, Please rate it on iTunes if that's how you listen to it. And please do not buy any Mack Weldon underwear or go to stamps.com to send anything. Don't send anything ever and totally free ball it forever. Story time at the Ape's Nest. Thank you.